All right, welcome to episode 16 of the At-Bat Baseball podcast presented by Ward Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. Uh, my name is Howard Rodriguez. I'm with Miles Porter. How are we doing today, man? Doing good. Doing good. Great all-star news this weekend. The past few days, a lot of fun proceedings have taken place so far. We didn't play any games this weekend because there's a bunch of forfeits because of different reasons, but, you know, still a lot of fun baseball, so I'm feeling good about that. Hey, you'll take it. You'll take it. Any, any type of win, you know, right? Milwaukee yeah, exactly. Jaguars obviously have been on a roll this year, so yeah, why we'll not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it's been, yeah, it's been awesome uh, All-Star Week so far. Uh, but the the week for individual Chicago teams uh, it was actually, uh, at least for when we're talking White Sox, not bad. The Cubs, uh, just, you know, it is what it is. It is what the season has been for the Cubs. Disappointing again. And we'll start off with the Cubs. We'll rip off the Band-Aid real quick. Uh, they snap a nine-game losing streak, um, you know, to at uh, on Sunday against the Mets. Uh, but they still ended up losing, uh, getting swept by the Orioles, uh, two to nothing in that series, and then uh, losing a series to the Mets, three to one. Uh, they're thirty-five and fifty-seven at the break. Um, in July, they're overall five and eleven. So I mean, it's just been uh, just same old, same old for the Cubs. Uh, in that Orioles series. Um, I think we got a uh, you know a peak of of what everyone's been talking about and what everyone's been watching uh, with the with 2022 Orioles. They're you're young and uh, just flat out good. I mean, they got really a lot of good pieces and and a lot of uh, young players that are hungry. It looks like they could easily make a wild card race, uh, so or at least a wild card run, I should say. And uh, what did you see in that series in that Orioles one, real quick? Like what like what? What kind of players or what players stood out from that series from the Orioles and what kind of like, you know, made you go dang? Yeah, overall, I think just kind of I think I think it was kind of cool to see uh, Adley Rutschman kind of have his moment at Wrigley. Um, but really, he wasn't he wasn't like the main standout player. But I think just in general, um, and I can't remember who, who was pitching that series, but it's just they just overall were in control of of the Cubs during that series. So, <laughs> and it was very similar for the, for when the Mets came to town, but the Mets was a little more of a, of a brutal beating. Um, I just, I look at, I look at this Orioles team and I'm looking at, you know, the stats right now, as we're talking, this is a team that is just riding on, on such a high. Um, I, I honestly, in, in game one, I thought the Cubs were going to get to Jordan Lyles. Me personally, I thought they were going to get to him. Um, but he pitched, a, he pitched a great game. Um, that's, I think, in general, that's what really stood out, the pitching. They only held the Cubs, so I think, like, three, one, three runs that series. It was 4-2 and then 7-1. Yeah. You know, not a lot of uh, not a lot of offense from the Northsiders, and, you know, the Orioles recognized that, and they took advantage of it. So I think, I think that was a pretty solid uh, group effort by the pitching staff um, that offensively, you know, everything spoke for itself that series. Yeah, and, and like the thing is, they have a lot of young arms, uh, and people have still been talking about what they're going to do at the deadline. The Orioles, and uh, I mean, yeah. they could do a lot. I mean, they could they could, uh, you know, still set like not necessarily sell because uh, they're not the type of players like Wilson or whatever, but like get rid of like maybe like a, a Jordan Lyles and still be able to pick up maybe like some prospects. Nothing crazy, obviously not a big haul, but they they be able to still lose some pieces and st- and I know make a run. Uh, at the same time, uh, but yeah, that that Mets series honestly was was uh, you know 
it, it really showed how good the Mets are in general. Like, you know, they're able to stay in games, uh, able to, you know, to win close games and, and come from behind and win those extra inning games. The Cubs played them well for the, the, the last three games of the series. The first one, obviously, you know, it was 8 nothing. The the Mets got to, the, to Keegan Thompson. But the rest of the series, Cubs were able to hold their own, and uh, you know, two of those two of those games went to extra innings, and uh, the Mets were just able to squeak by. So, yeah, I mean, it, some of the the we got to see some of the pieces, some of the all stars for the Mets, like you know Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, like those guys, um, and you know, not one guy went off at all. I mean, uh, Francisco Lindor, of course, uh, has been uh, has been not up to par um, in in general as a Met. Um, so, and we got to see a little bit of that, um, in this series. Uh, but yeah, so the Cubs, they obviously did not have a great week, uh, but they go into, uh, the first half of the season. I kind of, I mean, we expected this, uh, it's not a surprise obviously at all of, of what, what the season has come to. Um, but has there been any positives? Like, would you say like, what, have, what, have, what have been the positives for you, th- uh, at the break so far? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if, if we kind of like not, if we don't look at game one, of that Cubs Mets series, I'm actually very proud of this pitching staff. Um, you know, I was at I was at Game One on Saturday. I think Stroman pitched absolutely phenomenal. I really do. I think I think you know he he went four and a thirds, giving up a hit, uh, six strikeouts. Come on now, I'm 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 loving I'm loving that start by him. Um, I, I really you know. It's interesting with the Cubs because if we are if we are not pitching well, we are hitting, and then if we're not, you know, hitting, it, it, you know what I mean. And if it's if we flip flop that, then it then you know it is never just in the middle. We're never just kind of leveled out a little bit. Um, but take it away from you know not looking at the first game of the series, the pitching was very well. It, they, they, the staff threw very well. Um, like you said, not a lot of players were hot. Um, they, they no, there were not really any Mets players that came to Wrigley and stood out too much. There was a lot of small ball going on, especially during that weekend. There was a lot of small ball with two extra inning games. Um, and then you know, just uh, just you know, the game on Sunday, I'm happy to they're finally able to squeak across, <laughs> get a win. Did we were able to get one out of there? But um, you know, pitching pitching was great. Um, timely hitting. And you know that's really that's really the name of the game. There's really nothing that stood out. It was really good baseball, honestly. Even though they were losing a lot of games, some really fun baseball to watch this weekend. Even though we didn't come out on top the way we'd like to most of the time. Yeah, and and I mean it just kind of uh, yeah, and, and that and that type of series, and we've seen it a lot. Kind of encapsulates the first half of the Cubs and like the way that um, they have had a bad record. Uh, but when it comes to bad teams, when you compare the pair them to other bad teams, they're actually not that bad when it comes, especially when it comes to offense. I should say, um, pitching has probably been their worst thing, obviously. But when it comes to hitting, um, they've been middle of the pack. When you look at you know stats for teams like weighted re, uh, weighted runs created plus, um, and stuff like that. So, um, it's actually it's that was you know when I've seen that when they were like I think they're like fifteenth right now in the majors. Uh, it's it's surprising. Um, but when I guess I guess when you look at the type of uh, guys they have in their lineup, like we've and we talked about this before, like say a Suzuki, Ian Happ, uh, Wilson Contreras, and uh, now Nico Horner, who's been hot. Um, really, it's it, it. I guess it makes sense. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's just it, it's been uh, you know they've been unable to pitch consistently, and that's really what's hurt them. Um, 
because I think if their pitching would have been, you know, uh, if Stroman would have been on point the whole year and been healthy, then maybe maybe they're in the spot like the Diamondbacks where they're like, you know, six games back from a wild card spot or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's been this basically what the first place or sorry, what the what the first half was for the Cubs. The second half now is really interesting in the sense of uh, there's some key games, some key series that I guess will um, allow the Cubs to be, you know, spoilers, but at the same time, uh, really matter for, you know, draft picks and stuff. But uh, the game in August that I think uh, we'll be watching for sure is that August 11th Field of Dreams game. That's something to look forward to against the Reds. Um, and then they it's actually funny because the Reds and the Cubs, they finished the season on a six-game series. Uh, it's three three at home for the Cubs and three at home for Cincinnati. So it's really, it's it's you know, probably going to be a battle for, for last place in the NL Central because – the 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 pirates really look primed to finish third um you know where the cubs are three and a half games back of them uh and you know that's another team that you know has been pretty good offensively but you know just been the pitching has been the problem but yeah it looks like the cubs and the, and the reds are really going to be battling for who 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 finishes last um but yeah and and obviously the cubs have played the brewers good they've played the cardinals good they've played you know the top two teams in the nl central so they have the opportunity to uh, play spoiler, and I think they'll be able to do a good job of that. So it's going to be really, really fascinating to see uh, down the stretch how the Cubs, you know, handle that. Um, it's basically like their postseason. So uh, it'll be a cool way to end the season. Uh, as far as All Star Week for the Cubs this week, uh, what players made impact and whatnot. Obviously, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. The All Star Game is tonight. Uh, the Homer Derby was yesterday. We'll talk a little bit about that in a sec. But uh, in the Futures Game, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, who had a great mic obsession, uh, was one for two with a uh, two bagger and a run. But man, I mean that that like that's one of those things that. Uh, it, it it kind of excites you for the future too, and um, it's kind of funny because the uh um so the Cubs lose that series to the Mets, right? But Pete Crow Armstrong obviously came from the Mets and the Javi Baez trade, so that when the, when the Cubs lost, I think the third game or I think something like that, they they pinned the Pete Crow Armstrong uh a double uh in under Twitter. I'm just like, man, that was petty, but I like I love it. Because uh, <laughs> Cubs hanging on to any any type of positives they can right now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that uh that futures game was pretty cool, and, and it's just like um, seeing other talent in there, and we'll get to the White Sox one in a second. But they also the draft went down, which I thought was uh, uh all, I think it's oh it's a cool thing that they do now at the All Star break, you know, doing that in the same place as you know the All Star game. So um, the Cubs stocked up on pitching, um, and you know, for example, Cade Horton. Um, I know everyone was going crazy over this guy because he rose fast after a great showing at the College World Series with Oklahoma. Um, and actually, they drafted uh, a, also Mark McGuire's son, uh, and, and uh, he's a prep righty. His uh, name is Mason McGuire. He uh, he coming out of high school, but yeah, it's it's that's actually kind of funny because obviously Mark McGuire coming from or being from the Cardinals um, and, and seeing his son now being on the Cubs. Uh, if when if and when his cup his uh, son makes it to the big leagues, that'll be really uh, funny to see him in a Cubs uniform. Um, but yeah, now now looking ahead um, at what type of um, moves uh, the Cubs will make at the deadline, um, do you think uh, has anything changed, or really it's really just going to be uh, everyone focusing on 
uh, Wilson and guys like Ian Happ and stuff like that. What's what are you like? I guess what are your your thoughts finally going into the second half and and what the Cubs might do now with their roster? Yeah, I think it's kind of just get ready, get ready for uh, some change to come. Um, I also believe there 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 still is a small chance that Wilson uh, stays with the Cubs and kind of use him as a building piece. Um, I think they've gone they've gone about building their system well in terms of you know now now we've talked about pitching a little much more during this draft um i think i think it's i think it's important that <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of a lot of uh a lot of speculation going into it and i think last year it was kind of inevitable we, we knew it was coming um wilson making this very clear this year very public that he doesn't want to leave and he would love for them to build around him. I think that is something that is that is so so powerful. Um, and so you know, we'll see what happens. Same thing. Same thing with Ian Happ. He's another, Ian Happ is still very young. Um, that's a player who I think the Cubs should also think about. Okay, maybe maybe we should be building around these two. Um, but you know, especially with them both being all stars, I think there's a lot that you can get back for them, but. I don't. I, I'm, I'm hoping the Cubs don't completely uh, jump ship. Just we, we just completely get rid of everyone, and then you know for the next few years, it, it, it's going to be. It's already. It's already going to be tough. It's already been tough. I, I don't. I don't know how much necessary. How much more necessary it is to make it even harder for fans to watch. You have to make it somewhat bearable. Give fans something to hold on to and with, with Wilson and Ian. Um, so that's, you know, that's really my opinion going into it. Um, let's say they do get rid of both of these guys. I hope whoever we get back in return can, can make an impact a year or two down the line. And we'll have to wait like three or five years from now. Um, hopefully it's an immediate impact because this is a big, uh, a big drop off that we're, that we're looking at potentially happens. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens and whatever does happen, we'll, we'll, us as fans, we'll all, we'll all still be at the stadium. We'll all still cheer for our team. Um, but, you know, just give, give people something to hold on to. That's, that's my big thing right now. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's definitely going to be the big storyline in the second half for the Cubs uh, just because, you know, where they're at in the race and what, you know, what their fate is for this season. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, the thing is, and I've said it before, is that it would be nice if, like, they decided, hey, let's trade Wilson, but let's keep Ian Happ and extend him. I mean, he would just be, at the end of the day, cheaper and, like you said, younger uh, than Wilson. So it, it would be a nice vet. Somebody else, like, you know, with Tapera, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much longer Hayward's going to be on the club, but obviously people love that guy. So him and Happ on the team, the, you know, it's it's great to have those type of team type of uh, teammates uh, on the roster, so uh, it would be a nice surprise if they kept him. But I, 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 I yeah, I just see the Cubs like selling high, um, uh, especially him as an All Star helped out a lot. So, um, and the thing is, the the outfielder market has kind of slimmed down a little bit, especially you know uh, with situations kind of like with Andrew Benintendi and the whole vaccination stuff. So it might. Uh, it might allow the Cubs to get a bigger haul now for a guy like Ian Happ, um, which I guess might help out in the situation how you're saying that you want to see a guy maybe like one to two years. Um, I think that would help out a lot. Um, so 
Yeah, so the Cubs, you know, like I said, 37 and 50, 35 and 57 at the half. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's obviously better days, but hopefully they can finish off, you know, uh, uh, you know, strong guys like Nico Horner, Seiya Suzuki. Um, those guys are, are you know, uh, you know, if, and if Ian Happ stays or, you know, those guys make the Cubs worth watching. So hopefully um, everything goes well for them in the second half. They start the uh, second half with a series uh, three against the Phillies and two uh, against the Pirates actually start to start next week. Um, so now we'll shift over to the White Sox, who they had a positive week. Um, I think as positive as you can get for a team like in their position. Uh, they're 46 and 46 at the half, which I think is a good thing uh, with, with the way their season has been going. They split a series at Cleveland and then they win one at Minnesota, which is gigantic, I think, for them. Um, not only you know, not only for the race, but confidence-wise, um, they found some life. Um, this uh, AL Central gauntlet, which we talked about, um, was going to be a you know an enormous test for this team. Uh, they it was a 15-game stretch, all versus AL Central opponents. It was three versus Minnesota, um, four versus Detroit, four versus Cleveland, and then four more in Minnesota to end the the first half. Uh, and the Sox finished with a record of eight and seven. Um, and I think for uh, with the, the the you know with all the rumors of the clubhouse being you know you know uh, not in not on good terms and all this you know all this negative stuff, um, I think eight and seven is a positive. Um, you know all three wins against the Twins were convincing wins. Uh, they're twelve you know uh, with that twelve to two win, another Johnny Cueto you know gem. Um, at six to two win behind a bounce back start from Kopech, uh, their offense and offense from Tim Anderson and Adam Engel. Uh, Cease with an all star worthy, you know, performance again. Uh, unfortunately, didn't make it, but you know, he's got seven, had seven shutout innings, eight K's, and that 11 to nothing win. Um, plenty of positive takeaways, uh, for the week, uh, but especially for that twin series. Um, what do you think that series will do for the White Sox now heading into the second half? Oh my gosh, that's the that's the spark they 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 needed. I think they got off to a little bit of a staggered start when it came to this to this road stretch going into going into you know the all-star break. Um, but for them to you know split with split with the guardians and then take three or four from the twins, that's huge. That is that is so huge. Um, that's a lot of good momentum uh going into this next part of the season. In my opinion, one of the most fun parts of the season. This is when this one, this is when this is when baseball gets real. Um, and it's got and it's been real for the Sox this entire season. Um, so they got some good momentum coming in. I know that they, you know, they've had their they've had they have had a tough time against against the Guardians this year. There's no secret. Um, but there's some good momentum after splitting their last series with them, and now uh, with this team coming into Chicago, uh, they can really take care of business. They can really take care of business with four games against them, two games on Saturday. Obviously, Friday, Sunday, um, they have a lot of good going for them. They have a lot of good going for them. And then on top of that, you got the Rockies for two games after that in Colorado. Go ahead and put the ball in the air and just watch it fly at that point. Um, and you got a struggling athletics team to, to finish out, to finish out uh, July. So they have a lot of good going for them. I think it's important that they take care of business, like I've always been saying, against those divisional teams and then beat the teams that you know that you should be beating. You should beat the, the Rockies. You should beat the Athletics. No secret when it comes to that. Um, so I would say like the most pivotal, the most pivotal games now is anything, anything in their division. They gotta get over that 500 hump and just and just stay there. They have to stay, stay there. 
Um, keep that momentum. Don't change a thing. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good going for the White Sox right now. And if I'm a Sox fan, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good right now. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Here we go. And let me correct myself. They are at 500 right now. They're right there. They're right there. Keep on, keep on trucking along. Um, the season's far from over for them. I think it's important that they finish as strong as possible. And I think that they'll that they'll be in good shape. I still think that division is up for grabs between those top three teams. So, yeah, and like that, it's definitely a confidence booster on all, like all the way around, like the fans and all that. And it's a clean slate going into the second half, yeah. Uh, especially at five hundred, you know, and 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 you know, the, the, especially with the where the Sox are at, like you know, the, or their positioning, three games out, it's nothing, you know, like uh, with you know, with with the whole second half to go, and not only that, but when you look at the wild card standings, uh, they you know they're they sit at let's see three and a half games out. So they're in the thick of it, wild card race and the division. Though I, I think they have you know still strong chance. It's gonna be a really tough go when it comes to the wild card. But they could definitely do that the, the central. And is you know what it's gonna come down to and we said this before, it's gonna come down to the moves that the twins make, the moves that the Guardians make. Because if the twins go out there and say say the twins go out there and get Luis Castillo, that changes everything. Right, like that, you know, puts a big dent in the Sox. They now they have to go get someone, or you know, if, if the Sox could always stay pat, wait for the you know the the, the guys to get healthy. Um, but I feel like we've been doing that all season, so it's 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 one thing that's it's going to be a big question. Um, and I mean, it's really just also um, it's still you know people talking about like you know Tony La Russa and like. It, would that be their big acquit like or not acquisition, but their their big move at the deadline would be, hey, you know, let Tony Larusa go now. You know what I mean? And like maybe that's the the move they need to jumpstart their season at you know go on a late run. Obviously, we, you know, we both think he's gonna last the whole season. I think he's just gonna it's just the way it's gonna be. I think he's gonna last through the whole season. Um, unfortunately for the Sox, so. We'll see what happens there. For the second half, though, it's actually a favorable second half um, when it comes to you know the 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 like the teams that they face. Um, this you know a lot of the teams are under five hundred. You know, as you said, the A's, the Rockies, whatever. But uh, the season's you know that really in the the Sox hands because when you look at the ending, for example, the ending of their season. That six out of their last nine are against Minnesota, so they're going to have a big opportunity, especially late in the season, to you know determine to you know uh, to handle their own fate, um, and it, it's going to be, you know, yeah, the races, you know, as you say, it's going to be really intense. This is where you know baseball gets good, um, and the thing is. We're talking about these teams now, and but you know maybe look back in two to three weeks, and it, they look completely different. Um, and we'll get to you know we'll get to Juan Soto, but he's going to change the whole landscape if he gets traded, um, for sure. Um, another thing, a uh, couple other notes: Liam Hendricks uh, made the All Star team, also deserving over the weekend. He had a, he's bounced back. I mean, we were talking about his struggles in April and May, and, and he's he's really come back and uh, been the Liam Hendricks of old. Um, in the Futures game, uh, the Sox had another star who should be coming up real, real soon. Um, it's Oscar Colas. He went one for two. He also had a diving catch in the fifth inning to rob Darren Baker, Dusty Baker's son. Um, so that was pretty cool. The AL ended up winning that game six to four. Um, in the draft, uh, as you said, the the you know the Cubs stocked up on arm on arms, and so did the Sox. I mean, they drafted I think what is it one, two, three, 
four, five, yeah, six, six pitchers also. So, um, and their main one, the one that made most headlines was, of course, Illinois native uh, left-handed pitcher Nate Schultz. Uh, he is coming out of Oswego East High School. Um, and, you know, he's a 6'9 uh, pitcher, 220, very lanky. Uh, and we all know uh, how lanky pitchers, especially left lefty lanky pitchers, uh, have gone for the Sox lately, Chris Sale. So uh, hopefully they can come up with, you know, another uh, gem like that. Um, but, yeah, no, the Sox – um, you know, head into the second half of the season, um, you know, 46 and 46. And, you know, hopefully you can may go on a run. And, of course, um, they start the second half uh, with four against Cleveland. And as you said, two at Colorado. Um, it'll be, it'll be you know, an, another interesting run, you know, especially as you said with the offense that could happen in Colorado. Um, but hopefully the White Sox have turned uh, for the best now. Uh, we'll go now. We'll switch over to around the league. And, of course, we're in the middle of the All-Star Week. Um, like I said, this is being recorded on Tuesday. Uh, by the time this airs, it'll be uh, post-All-Star game, but we'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, for the Home Run Derby, man, what did, what did you think last night? I mean, I think it was uh, – it definitely didn't go as I expected. Um, yeah. But it was a pleasant surprise um, of course, Juan Soto won. He he beat out Julio Rodriguez in the in you know in the uh, in the final. Um, but yeah, what did, what did you take away from that last time, man? That was uh that was that was fun. I I thought it was I, honestly my favorite moment was when Pujols beat out Schwarber. Um, and Schwarber just started bowing to him like, hey, you're the you're the goat, man. I hey, you know what? You you got it on this one. Um, it was fun. I think I think it was a very a very fun uh, home run derby. Uh, I think it's interesting for Julio Rodriguez had what 81 home runs in total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It, it's just, it's very interesting to me, but he's still lost. Cause you know, the last round is it's mm-hmm. its own, it's his own beast. It's just, that's just his total for the entire thing. Um, that's just, that's just awesome. It's just awesome. These guys are such physical, physical, like, like uh, just, just, just players. They, these guys are so strong. Um, I didn't realize how big Pete Alonzo was until I saw him in person. Um, that is a very large human. Uh, <laughs> I think he had a, I think he had a home run yesterday. What was it, like 481 feet or something. It was, it, it was he so hit nice, it very yeah. far. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's such an awesome showcase for how talented these players are and, you know, why they deserve to be, um, in the spotlight. Um, so I, each, each year I always enjoy it and, this year I enjoyed it. Uh, Juan Soto is just, uh, you know, he, he's the talk right now. He's definitely the conversation right now for a few reasons, uh, you know, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I truly enjoyed it yesterday. And, you know, I look, I look forward to the all-star game tonight. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, my, my, you know, pick to win it was Kyle Schwarber. So yeah, yeah, same, same. You know, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. I was going to ask you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's. I was like, dude, I was like, Kyle Schwarber's got to win it. I think it's gonna be him versus Pete Alonso. If he loses, it'll be Pete Alonso winning, whatever. But yeah, that was. I mean, really. Uh, I feel it, it looked like Schwarber was rushing through that, and like it would just you know hit him hitting pop ups and you know going up on some of them, and like it wasn't yeah. working out for him. Uh, but I mean, it was cool to see. Pujols. I mean, at the end of the day, it's cool to see Pools 
you know, you know, get his his share because I mean he's uh you know a legend of legends. I mean the guy's awesome, so uh, well yeah. deserved. It was a really cool moment to see. You know, obviously all the young guys, all the young all stars gather around Pujols. Yeah. Um, you know, because he I mean he deserves that. It's, it's you know he's been in the game for like twenty plus years, so it's you know it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Um, he still yeah. got it too. Like he yeah. still got it. These weren't like cheap home runs. Albert was sending these baseballs like he was hitting them hard, and it was just yeah. Awesome. And quick, awesome. and quick too. Like people, right? Yeah. People were like, and I remember because pregame people were like, "Man, he's gonna get you know gassed." And then uh, yeah, I saw those comments. Shut and, up. <laughs> and Shut like, up. And 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 dude, he showed up. I mean, he did not like. He did not like it was BP, bro, and like he was he was getting it done, you know. So he's um, just a rhythm. He, he knew yeah. exactly what he. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, also when you said Julio Rodriguez, I mean, yeah, dude, that dude, I did not. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, like I love that guy. I think he's one of the best players in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Did not expect that. Thirty no, bombs. No, did not expect it. No. Yeah, to, to hit thirty bombs in multiple rounds and to just crush like that. I mean, that's what I was expecting from Alonzo or Schwarber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So and 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 you know, people were talking about oh, uh, uh, Rodriguez's. Uh, uh, pitcher or the, the thrower, I should say, because he he was throwing some some cookies, but he also threw one that that made a swing and miss. So like this guy throwing sliders, you know what I was this yeah. guy doing in the dirt? Uh, good but, pitch. Yeah, <laughs> but good uh, movement no, on it. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was really cool. Um, of course, you know the All Star Game is going to be you know really really cool also as well. They got McClanahan going against Kershaw, the hometown guy. Um, no Trout, uh, some of the other notes, uh, no Shohei Otani on the mound, but he'll be leading off. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll finish off by talking about, we, you, you know, you mentioned Soto. We talked about him being the Homer Derby champ this year, deservedly so. Um, but there's been a lot of chatter about Juan Soto, about him. You know, he turned down a $450 million deal uh, to stay with the Nats. Um, and now, supposedly, they're uh, looking to trade him. They're open to trading him. Uh, they're listening to to you know to teams um and yeah i mean that like i said could change the entire landscape um if he goes you know right now i think the hottest teams that people have been talking about the yankees or the dodgers um yeah i mean it's it, it really is crazy to me because so he's a free agent after i think believe after after 2025 uh either before or after sorry but the that's he probably won't resign with that team, or if he does resign with that team, it's gonna be the fat money, like it's gonna be a lot of money. I think he's probably gonna be signing for 500 mil. Um, but whoever gets him for you know these next two seasons or for this, you know, the remainder of this season and next, you know, whatever, um, it's gonna be a lot, so they're gonna ask for a haul. Um, and I think, I think the most equipped team to do that is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, they're just you know, they have the pieces to trade. And it would be a perfect spot for him. And once again, would make the Dodgers just, you know, a, a video game team, um, you know, continue to make them a video game team. Like, what are your thoughts on situation? Because, I mean, it's, it's pretty awkward. I mean, he got asked about it yesterday and he was saying he's not he's it's very unfortunate, you know, that these things have gotten out. It makes him uncomfortable, he said. Um, I feel bad for the guy, you know, because he's done uh, just about everything you can do for the city of, of D.C., um, but I knew, I think I know deep down inside that he's not going to end his career there. He's not going to stay there. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole this whole thing? Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's actually kind of turned out unfortunate. I think, um, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this: is like there's different moving parts. So we could talk about 
you know, him turning down the contract, that could be for either he, you know, if he wants more money, that that's totally fair as well. And it also could be he wants to play on a competing team. Um, I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of comments of just, you know, him, him, you know, him wanting more money. And I think that is that is very true. And I also think he does. He wants to compete. I think he wants to get back to being on a winning team. Because this is such a talented guy. I think there's a some players, and he might be the first to start getting this. Is like just because you sign a big contract with a team, that doesn't make uh, the the team better. Uh, you're locked in. You're not going anywhere. Now it's up to the rest of the team, to the organization, that puts winning pieces around you. And we're seeing what's happening with Mike Trout. We're seeing what's happening with Shohei in Los Angeles. Um, you know, Fernando Tatis uh, in San Diego, in, in Manny Machado. Now, that's a very talented team. They're still a winning team, but they also have not played to their potential. Um, so I think I, I'm, I, maybe this is wishful thinking, but part of me believes that he also recognizes that as well. If he gets, if he, if he does sign something big, I think the least that he wants to do is be in a better situation because I don't know if the Nationals are getting better anytime soon. Um, so, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, there's some sort of conclusion that's, that's found that some sort of resolution that's found with all this, whether he's in, you know, Washington or if he's wherever, or if he is in the Dodgers, because I think the Dodgers aren't a good team and clearly they need more good players on their team. Um, so, so, you know, wherever, wherever he ends up, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's kind of unfortunate. It's kind of unfortunate about how, all this has unfolded. Um, so hopefully, you know, they figure out something on both ends. Yeah, just hopefully they, they secure a deal that, you know, makes him happy, makes the Nationals happy. Because it's going to be, it, it really, and I mean, even when it comes to like the Yankees, the Yankees could do it, but when it comes down to it, I think that the Dodgers have more talent in the minors um, and Major League ready that they're willing to get rid of, which Absolutely. I don't think, they, I don't think the Yankees have much Major League uh, uh, talent to get rid of. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be, you know, uh, something to watch for in the second half, probably the biggest storyline line in the trade deadline. If they're, you know, if they're going to do it, obviously they could do it at, you know, after the season, but it'll be, it'll be, you know, it, it would change everything in this whole season. If they, if they make a deal, you know, during the season now. So, but yeah, hopefully Juan Soto is able to, you know, be happy and, uh, because he deserves, I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball and one of the most fun guys to watch. So, um, I think he deserves to have uh, his happy ending with any type of deal that happens here. Um, all right, that just about does it for uh, this episode of the At Bat Baseball Podcast presented by War Media. Uh, for Saul Rodriguez, uh, that's Miles Porter. Miles, have a great week, and we hope everyone enjoys the All-Star break.